0: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com slash audio. Visit iXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Welcome. Oh, I don't know what just happened there. Welcome back to Season (laughs) Comic Book Nation. I am Kofi Outlaw here with my co-hosts, Janelle Wheeler and Matthew Aguilar. Hey, guys. What up? Today, we have a lot to do. We got a lot on the Marvel side as we react to the uh, Song Chi. That's how we say it. Trailer. We also got to talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale. We're dropping our theories before it all goes down this Friday. We got to talk about a big new casting in the MCU. And... We also got to, of course, talk DC and Marvel's latest comic releases. So we are going to get into all that. But up first, this weekend, there was a big movie dropping on HBO Max and in theaters. It is the Mortal Kombat reboot. We have not seen a thing about it, but we did have somebody who has seen it and is here to give us just some first spoiler-free impressions. Welcome to the show. You guys, a lot of you guys have been asking for him, so we had to get him in here. Daily Distraction host, comedian extraordinaire, Mr. Chris Killian is with us today.
2: Yeah.
3: Wow, that's such a nice intro. Thanks, Kofi. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, when they gave me like the, the uh, kind of like tag card that they paid me to read for our employee guests, they were like, this is what we've come up with. And I was like, that is nice. I can definitely yeah, sell nice. it. I hope
3: you got paid well.
1: No, uh, I'm just kidding. Not, not at all in my salary.
3: So with Mortal Kombat, I I've, I've seen it twice and uh please stop I have had a lot of coffee this morning so I'm so pumped to talk about it. So you guys stop me if I start to say like too much stuff. You're like, "Oh, no, no, it's a spoiler or whatever just just please feel free to cut me off." I uh but I'm so excited for everybody to see it. I think it's amazing. Uh I might be biased because I was down in Australia for the set visit and so I saw a lot of this stuff in person and and then I, you know, then COVID happened and and you know we couldn't see it, and it's been delayed. And I, I've been telling everybody for over a year that this is like a going to be a
1: super well. well not to problem. interrupt you, not to interrupt you, but I mean to be fair, that can sometimes work the bad, like in a bad way for you, right? When you go down to set and you see things, and then you have to see the finished product. I've been let down by quite a few movies that way, but uh, it's good to hear that it might be the opposite for you.
3: Yeah, I okay, so I it might be the opposite for it might be the opposite for me. It is the opposite for me. I definitely love the movie. I think it's a great, great fun movie and I'm really trying not to spoil anything. Cause there's a lot of uh, cool stuff in the film, but uh, I also got to watch the, uh, I watched it a second time with the original Scorpion from uh, from the 95 mortal Kombat movie chris casamasa like sat on my couch with me and watched it so that was like a big geek out moment so then i'm like well i just love the shit out of this movie can i say that i don't know if i can say that no but it's, it's too late bad. now <laughs> it's too late now i'm sorry guys i love the B- no we, we actually
1: got a pg-13 rating for uh for uh season three so you Did can we really yeah we can push a nolan dark knight kind of line right now so no, i think we totally get like is. one I did tell okay, you that. Okay. That's, that's, the,
3: that's the first one. This is a PG thirteen show. That's the only one that I get. I. Uh, but no, I,
1: I. I love the movie.
3: I will say that like Kano steals it. Like Kano is hilarious in this movie. From for me, I think that he's the he's probably the best part of the movie. Uh, Sub Zero is like downright scary at times. Like he's almost like a movie monster, kind of like Michael Myers or or Jason Voorhees. Like he's very like stalkerish in his goals. And, and I, I found uh, Joe Taslam as Sub-Zero to be amazing. Uh, Cole Young uh, is a new addition to the, the Mortal Kombat family. He's played by Lewis Tan. He's great. Everybody is great. I really enjoy the movie. And as far as like action goes, I mean, if, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan and you just want to, that's the one thing that we've been missing, right? From Mortal Kombat movies for the last like 30 years. Is they've always tried to like kid friendly it up and kind of make it PG thirteen. This is R, like this is hard R. Like the like some of the fatalities in this movie are like legit. So just a lot of fun stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys have any questions about. It, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to start spilling too much uh, too many details. But I I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed it more the second time that I watched it. I'm excited to watch it this Friday in theaters. So
1: so we know. I mean, it's no secret that video games get a like a stigma in the movie business is kind of having the video game movie curse. I mean, we've, we feel like we're starting to come out of that in some ways, but this doesn't feel kind of like weighed down by the games or, or it's need to kind of wink and say, ah, we are based on a video game or anything like that. Any yeah. kind of interruptions to the otherwise, you know, what looks to be a real cinematic effort to create mortal combat.
3: Yeah, I, I think that, like, the video game curse to me is a little, like, that's kind of old news. I feel like there's a few movies that have kind of broken that mold over the, you know, last few, even the first Mortal Kombat is, like, it doesn't age particularly well, especially with the CGI, but it's still a fun movie. You know what I mean? Like, I still like that movie. Um We had Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, which was kind of, you know, a fun movie. Like, we, we've had decent video game movies at this point now, so I don't think that the video game curse still applies, but... Uh, as far as Mortal Kombat, like the new one goes, I mean, it's it's a great first ever. It is not a perfect movie. There are things about it that that I was a little frustrated with, but um, but overall, I think it's like a step in the right direction. Especially when you consider where we came from with like Mortal Kombat Annihilation being like the last big screen, you know, version of Mortal Kombat we got. I this. do
1: not know what you are referring to.
3: <laughs> You guys know what I'm referring to, right? Of yeah, course. You know. yes. like
4: movie no.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of a movie by that name. <laughs> uh,
3: so
4: okay, so I am actually quite curious because you said Kano steals the movie, and I did yeah. not
3: ever think I would hear that sentence <laughs> in regards to, to anything. Austin is like, if there is a star making performance in this movie, it is that guy. Like, he is going to come out of this, I think, is like the. like I think a lot of people are going to be talking about how good Kano was.
4: That's insane. Nice. I did yeah. not. I, yeah. I, I did
3: not. Uh,
1: I feel I'm not that surprised because Kano is like one of those characters. I feel like you either get really right or you get like really wrong in it. And it just is horrible. Um, mm-hmm. And just his delivery in the trailer and the red band trailer at the end where he like rips the heart of something and he's just like, Kano wins. You effing beauty. And I was like, that is such a hard line because that is a video game line. Mm-hmm. It's like a cheesy action, like one liner. And he sells it and made it like really funny. Um, yeah. And while well, kind of making this character feel just like a scumbag that you would root for, you know? And I kind of, right. and I kind of dug that. So He's definitely a love to hate him kind of guy. He's a lot of fun uh, and,
3: and a comedic relief for, for most of the movie, I think. Um, you did
4: reference the original Mortal Kombat. Um, and I know that like in that original movie, uh, Sonya Blade was like a big part of that. What can mm-hmm. you say
3: about, her character performance like how's that, that stack up just as big a part in this movie like sonia blade's very important and she's got some real cool moments to shine jessica um plays her and she's awesome uh, i got to talk to her she's a she does a great job is sonia and i think that the only reason i don't reference her is because like it's, it's like a shining part of the movie is because kano just I yeah. pretty much steals it from everybody that he's in because he he just has some great lines in in there. But uh Sonia definitely has her her moments as well. I'm excited for people to see what she does as Sonia Blade. And and they and they're clearly setting up for a, a fran- like like Warner Brothers wants this to be a franchise, right? I mean Good. they're clearly setting up for a second movie <laughs> and um and I and I think that it's I think that they are definitely headed in the right direction.
5: I feel like with Mortal Kombat, I'm just going to admit this, I'm going to age myself the original mortal Kombat movie is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. So as, as a kid, like I get very sentimental with movies. So for me, I bought the soundtrack for that movie and I, I would play it out and do like choreography to every single song and envision which character I was with you
1: up until that sentence. I was
5: so curious what the soundtrack is going to be like for this. Do you like, how did you feel about the music?
3: The music is amazing in this movie and they I'm so happy that they keep that Mortal Kombat theme. I mean to me that's like it's such an iconic and it's more yeah. directed to the movie. It's not the video games, right? They made that whole techno track for the movie. And so yeah. the fact that that's kind of stayed and and it, you know in the way that the Spider-Man theme has kind of stuck around through the years um, for Spider Man. It's the same thing here with Mortal Kombat. I mean, there's a few, awesome. it's like a very orchestra version of it. It's not techno like it was back in 95, but it's a, um, they definitely hit that dun 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 dun, you know, note a few times in, in the movie in the right spots. So it's. It, the Kombat. And they great. still have
5: the screamer. Mortal Kombat!
3: No, I don't think the scream is in there. Hey! I think they. The notes are in there like you know what song it is. (laughs) You You must provide your own screen.
5: Okay, I'll do it in the theater loudly.
3: That's what we. It's just got to be like. Uh, it's just going to be a crowd interaction thing where that you crowd chime <laughs> in. Oh, please yeah. don't! Because if that happens, like someone's going to be saying "Tusty" and like in the corner, <laughs> and, like other people, like
4: there's so many of those callbacks <laughs> in Mortal Kombat. Like you'll never hear. So the movie.
5: good though.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, it's gonna. I mean, it's got to happen after a while. Once you're famous enough, you know, any musical act, you, you don't sing your own chorus anymore. You just. Oh, let that's you true. do it. Yeah, you that's gotta, how you
4: know you've made it. Where you can yeah. put the mic out. If people sing your stuff.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Mortal Kombat is going to flex like that, and we'll all scream in theaters <laughs> safely now. So, uh, Chris Kelly, my final question, I guess, would be, as somebody, I don't assume you have, like, dipped your toe into a whole lot of, like, the more recent Mortal Kombat games. Did that hamper you in oh, any way of understanding? You are assuming wrong. I don't know why no. you're assuming this, but
3: I play Mortal Kombat 11 all the time. I have, like, three games that I play – and Mortal Kombat 11
1: is one of them. Of course, so, that's that's it. In this Russian roulette game, I would hit. You know, <laughs> that bullet. All right, yeah, but uh well, you can still count me out. Do you need to be a player of the more recent games to get the full understanding? No, of no, 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 I, I don't. I don't think so. I, in fact,
3: um uh my girlfriend uh, watched watched it with me, and and uh, she was not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan. Now, and it, the movie's kind of turned her into a fan because now she's been like playing the game a bunch with me and she's like obsessed with some of these characters now. And so she's like, like she loves Scarlet and Scarlet's not in the movie, but she's in the game. And uh, so she's kind of turned on to it now because of that. So um, no, I don't think you have to uh, just strictly be a fan of the games to enjoy the movie. Everything else I want to ask you is, is totally spoiler field. So
4: I I know, I know know. because all I I want to do is like, Oh my God, Katana. Like that's all I just want to do.
1: Matt, what about your boy from Power Rangers? He's carrying this movie. How does he do? Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Ludi. You're your boy from
3: Power Rangers? Yeah, buddy. 2017. Ludi. I love you. 2017 Ludi. reboot. Ludi Lin, man. Oh, Ludi. Oh, that Power Rangers. I was thinking the show. I forgot about Ludi. Yeah. No, Ludi's great. I love Ludi. He's he's perfect as Luke Kang. I really enjoy him as Liu Kang.
1: Now we need a show that's called "I Love Loody." All right. Yeah. Oh my God, we do. Yeah. All right, Chris Killian. Anything else you wanna advertise? I mean, you've done like a lot of interviews, set interviews. Uh, anything you want to point people to before we get out of here? Yeah. You know, we got a lot of Mortal
3: Kombat uh, stuff planned all week long for for the you know between the stuff that we did with Chris Casamasa, the original Scorpion, and the interviews that uh, we already posted. One interview with the Mortal Kombat cast, which is. Who would they fight uh, if there was ever a big screen crossover uh, with Mortal Kombat versus DC? Like, who would they want to fight? We made a we made a video for that. That's a lot of fun answers. Yes. And then the rest of the interviews are going to be coming out after the movie because it's because I got so excited about the movie, I asked a lot of spoilery questions, and then and then they were like Warner Brothers was like, please don't release this before the movie. I was like, oh okay, my bad.
1: <laughs> no, I do that all the time. I mean, those are the best interviews though. Those are the ones we really need. <laughs> They don't let them shake you. Those are the ones we really need. The Yeah, you're doing your job. What are fans' favorite thing gonna be when they see this? Movie. No, we don't need that. We need the <laughs> we need the real spoiler talk. So good for you. Don't let them don't let them back yes, you up.
3: A lot, so so starting this weekend, we'll have a lot of spoilery interviews coming out, I think. And with the cast. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So just you know, check out uh us on Instagram or on YouTube, you know, at comic book
1: all right and i know our comic book gaming team is also going to be all over this movie so uh check them out as well i'm sure they'll have a bunch of breakdowns explanations and all the kind of guides you need to help you watch mortal kombat and get the the full joy and understanding so we want to thank mr chris killian for coming on by i know you got to get out of here you're always in demand but uh thank you for making the time today man
3: thank you guys for having me i appreciate it
1: all right catch you later buddy bye guys bye (laughs) All right, we are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to talk about the Song Chi trailer and that big Marvel casting that just dropped, plus our Falcon in the Winter Soldier theories. And then we got this week's Marvel and DC books to get to. So stay tuned for all of that. we are back so we just discussed uh, mortal Kombat first impressions with mr chris killian thank him again for uh, being on the show but now it's time to hop over to the marvel camp uh this week quicker than i thought was going to happen it was like a blur on monday when i was just kind of getting back on the keyboards we got the first trailer for song chi um uh, some a new kind of breakdown in articles and interviews new posters and basically this movie has now just like blipped onto the radar of our uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4 after a very long wait. So the trailer is out. You can watch it if you haven't by some miracle seen it already. You can go to comicbook.com Marvel and check it out. I'll go last. Let's go around. What did you guys think of the Song Chi trailer? Janelle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I'm very, very excited. Uh, I'm already on this like martial arts excitement with so many different things. Cobra Kai, I binged recently and I'm just crazy about it. Um, obviously, Mortal Kombat is just showing some amazing fighting and combat and lore and all that stuff. And so, me not having a lot of background on this hero. Um, And their storyline, I was just, I felt like fulfilled by the trailer. I feel like I understood what the story was about. I didn't know who the villain is, um, but I'm guessing it's the father. (laughs) And um, yeah, and I, it made me want to dig in to understand what the story is about. So, of course, I went in and started searching like, what are these rings about? Like, where did they come from? What do they represent? Like, now I know what each one represents. And now I'm I'm learning that they're actually supposed to be rings on the finger instead of on the arms. And it's just really exciting because it's like a whole different side of Marvel that I feel like so many people have not tapped into and don't quite understand. And it's it's like a really fun, exciting time to learn and and just get to know this character, the storyline and, and everything about it. So I'm pumped. I was so pumped with this trailer. I was jumping up and down and uh, the fight scenes look so sick. The choreography, the fight choreography looks beautiful. And uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I was really pumped.
1: Maddie, as our kind of Marvel Comics expert, how are you feeling about this kind of big screen adaptation of Song Chi? Uh, Number
4: one. Uh, regardless of, of reading the character in the comics for a long time, I have been pronouncing this wrong, like, my
1: entire life. I mean, I've been saying Shang-Chi since the 80s. The yeah, EW, yeah. Yeah. There was an article in EW that was with, I mean, <laughs> Marvel Studios kind of official article, and they made a point to put it in parentheses to say it's pronounced, and they spelled it out. Yeah. like They song. do that
4: for a reason, yeah. by the way, because, like, they've heard it mispronounced, for a long time, like Why typically, you only that? highlight it when it's been pronounced wrong.
5: For is it a certain Song Chi yes. or
1: shong Chi? Song Chi. So yeah.
5: there's you leave the H out. Okay, I've yeah. heard that
1: a few times. Which too. is, so, I mean, which is part of the you know, you know, the Asian kind of yeah vernacular. Not to get into linguistics, but like yes, that is. I'm yeah. you know, glad they told us.
4: Yeah. We Absolutely. Need to know. It's always just like a bummer, you know, when you're like, man, you yeah. have been reading You find like, out I, you've been doing this I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. Oh, gosh. My
1: <laughs> <can> favorite <find out. laughs> video game. I've the wrong things, things management. for my yeah, like, yeah, Yeah. It's,
4: it's very yeah. much that. So, uh, you know, that was, that was the biggest thing. I was like, really? Um, but, you know, I've <laughs> never been like the biggest uh, fan of the character. Not in a, even a negative way. It's just like it's never – like he's never been a character that really like resonated with me. Um, so I kind of had open-ended expectations when like this trailer came in. I was like, I just want – something cool bring me into this world because like i know certain things and i know certain characters but like i just i need something to kind of wow me and i, and I actually think the trailer did a really good job it, it, it pulled me in i'm uh I, I thought all the like yeah we've seen the whole someone being brought into the legacy that they've run away from other life and we've seen that story before um but i thought this did it in a really relatable way uh and it was you know it was fun I, I dig the martial arts so far i mean they didn't show a ton but the stuff they already showed and i feel really bad for iron fist because like of course like that was the first <laughs> thing that popped up on social media was like comparison videos to <laughs> iron fist um and like so far it looks really good like it the stuff we saw looks good i'm interested to see the other so david showed like a piece of what looks like the final battle later and that little sequence looked epic um so yeah uh it looked cool. I, I'm in. I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm interested. I will say we've been seeing, and this is this, they didn't show this in the trailer, but we've been seeing like uh merchandise pop up already. Like Marvel just like hit with everything on this, like figures uh-huh. are popping up in stores, Lego kits are hitting everywhere, and like all this stuff is hitting. And we saw like this little creature named Morris, and I don't know what this creature is supposed to be because like it has no face. It was very like there's so many I have so many questions. Uh, about about this particular creature so like i'm interested on multiple fronts (laughs) so that's me on song chi
1: um i guess i'm kind of more not on the negative side but like still on the hesitant side i don't think this was like the most effective marvel teaser for me uh dan uh danu the pug said it looked like a generic kind of martial arts action movie, and I think that, for me, that was the first impression. I mean, down to the stereotypes, like, not stereotypes, oh god, it's such a wrong wording, down to the tropes of the Mm -hmm. genre, where Janelle didn't even know who the villain was, but was like, I'm guessing it's the father, and it's like, yeah, I mean, this is all familiar territory, right? Um, And so, aside from the colors and production and design look great, like, all of that is very up to Marvel code, Um, but right now, the kind of, the main character and the hook, I think what kind of interested me the most was just him dealing with like this abusive childhood through being made to fight. And that stuff was the most interesting kind of stuff to me more so than the comic book stuff with death dealer and the speed recreation with Aquafina and the bus and all that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Seeing the central character of Song Chi and his kind of story is, is the most interesting part to me. I would love to learn more about, you know, we We know that the character's not I mean is one of his aliases, the Mandarin. I forget what his real name is in this. um, but it starts with a w, I think. but i'm I want to see him as a villain. There's just a lot of confusing shots in this trailer that seems like all over the place, you know, like the old mystical kind of, you know, Asian martial arts. Wire foo scenes are like juxtaposed with like the 10 rings looking like Cobra and whatnot from GI Joe with the helicopters and stuff. So it was just a lot. And then there's just kind of like average Joe story of a modern, you know, Asian man just kind of like trying to live a life and escape this legacy. And it was just all over the place. So I hope this all kind of coalesces into something very solid and organic feeling in it's storytelling. Um, yeah, obviously time is getting to be a tricky thing for the MCU to tackle about questions. But I think this so the, this movie has to kind of take the approach of, yeah, he was trained for all of these years while the MCU came up, but he spent 10 years purposely, like not engaging right. in all of this stuff that's happening it's, around it's him. It's plot hole band-aid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> until yeah. now, until something changes, probably post-blip when, you know the Mandarin in the 10 rings organization, obviously you're going to fill some kind of void in, in this changing world or whatever happens. So um, the, there is hints that there is going to be some pretty awesome action scenes in his, the bus scene and just like the two, the double kick and stuff like that. Like you can't fake some of that so stuff. Good, like, yeah. like that they're that pulling off awesome. is, yeah. is, is, is looks pretty awesome. And I think we were always consistent in saying, this is our whole, our kind of hook for this movie is, Yes, we've seen. So, I mean, I am a martial arts action, five deadly venoms, like 70s, 80s martial arts. Like, you know, I was going to shady places to get those from imports, like, you know, in my teens. So (laughs) I'm just looking to see what is distinct about bringing that genre up to a Marvel level and seeing like what that ends up looking like. And we've seen hints, quick hints of that, like with the guy in the restaurant and his fist glowing and, you know, smashing the table. I want to see this get real, real, Ryu and Ken from street fighter ish. And, you know, then I think I'll be sold. And I think the next trailer will, will do that for me. So um, I'm not eating on Shang Chi, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think this was like my most effective teaser. But it's not as worrisome as what I'm still waiting to see from Eternals, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> you
1: yeah. throw that jab in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, man. Um, um,
5: Jay White in the chat says, I knew nothing of Song Sheev prior to this trailer. To be honest, it seems pretty cool. And I actually obviously relate to this so much. Um, the one thing I'm left with is, is this a magical land? Is this say, like, is this m- magic, wizard, like I, that's the one thing I felt kind of confused on because obviously like Dr. Strange, you know, he's, he's a wizard, he's mystical, he's dealing with magic, you know, Wanda is a witch and she's magic. And I just, I, I'm kind of confused because when I started digging deeper and finding the background behind the rings and, you know, the dragon and stuff like that, I didn't get that from the trailer. So I feel like you have to kind of, dive into the comics a little bit to really get the backstory. And that's what I intend to do. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, there's, I mean, there's a big question because there's a lot, I mean, this gets into like a lot of stuff because song, Chi connects to a lot of other things in his origin in the Marvel universe. Some of which is still in that gray area because it was touched on by iron fist in like this whole idea of the mysticism and these kind of mystical cities and the dragons and the powers they carry. Like, there is a whole kind of part of the Marvel Universe ba- built off Asian culture and its own fables and lore that, that converted that. Not always very well. Um, or, absolutely true. Yeah. Not always very <laughs> absolutely well. Absolutely true. Yes. Absolutely. And in some ways very offensively by today's standards. Um, and Hi. so it's kind of a weird gray area of how they're going to tie this in because there's also, like I said, the whole Cobra vibe is – there's also, obviously, from Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. There's also these kind of organizations that are now springing up, and you can see the gears turning, you know, in the larger MCU about these big organizations who are vying for power and stuff like that. And so there's going to be maybe ties to this and that. And and this could weirdly be a weird bridge between the kind of like stuff we're seeing in Falcon and Winter Soldier and stuff we're going to see in like WandaVision and Doctor that Strange. Can and all really that could be
2: really cool. I'm yeah.
1: torn between. What because, like, that to
4: me, that stuff, and and this is like some of the things Kofi's highlight in the comics. Yes, there is a blend of mysticism, and of course, like these ties to like ancient cultural things, it, it all kind of blends together. There's a lot of that. I mean, Fing Fang Foom is this like giant looming presence that like people have talked about, and we've and we've even seen in like some Lego sets. Obviously, those pop, aren't always, those don't, pop, always yeah. those don't always pan out, yeah, those don't always pan out. So, like, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but it feels like that's kind of some of the stuff that makes the character and the world fun, and and those provide a lot of interesting opportunities to make this different than your formulaic MCU movie. Those, those are the things that like can help this avoid just becoming another in the MCU factory. And, and so, it but it's like those can be very easily mishandled. Like you yeah. can very easily do those wrong and then you end up with, you know, Thor the Dark World. <laughs> so like, uh, it's it's weird. I don't know how much I want them to lean into it, but I feel like I, ultimately I do. Ultimately I want to see them kind of embrace some of that stuff or at least just bring it into the world as it exists. And then maybe for a sequel, you can really dive into it. But I hope that this is hiding some of that stuff purposefully. Uh, but I hope that some of that is just like, it's not apparent yet because they don't want you to see it yet. I hope some of that makes it in because I will feel like it will, it will ultimately disappoint me if some of that stuff doesn't.
5: Yeah.
1: I also think we could get a wonder woman style thing where we get like flashbacks to, you know, how the 10 rings were formed and the mm. ancient battles and, you know, the, when there were actual dragons and these, that's other what's more interesting
5: to me and,
1: you know, the warriors who were involved in that and what the history of those, of those objects mean. Um, I, I could see it going that way too. While the modern story is just grounded and more about the crime syndicate and the modern version of all this stuff. Also, I did see someone note in the comics. Yes,
4: I I am totally good with not another. I don't need just like rings being swapped out for infinity stones. I don't. Yeah. I'm good. I don't need another MacGuffin. Thing tiny, but, but there's 10 of them. No, how many movies can we make? No one that. needs to
3: go, it's not
4: MCU Pokemon. Don't go collect them all and then put them in your thing. And then, oh, I'm ultra powerful. No, stop it. But don't, don't you think the that.
5: backstory is so important for this? I mean, for me personally, like that backstory is more interesting to me than this idea of like him living in San Francisco taking shots and parking cars. <laughs>
4: I could see a whole movie of that. Can we just see yeah. like, that? That'll be the movie that really breaks the mold. It's just it's just like following him
1: being a valet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I hope th- I that's think just, that backstory
5: is important. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, I hope that San Francisco stuff is just act one, but um, right? yeah, so yeah. I think it because I see the backstory coming in when because somebody's gonna have to explain to like when Aquafina goes to his you know father's compound like right. what what is going on is going to be the obvious question he'll have to explain all that so who i adore um,
4: in every movie by the way and she looks amazing in this already i love aquafina and anything so she's awesome yeah
1: normally i'd say yes I'm, I'm jury's still out on on what we're gonna get here all right that's song chi uh like i said you can watch the trailer and all our first breakdowns and kind of some of the things that might be buried in the trailer on comicbook.com marvel we also got a big casting in the MCU this week. Our girl, Daenerys Targaryen, the unburnt first of her name, Amelia Clark, has joined the MCU like we knew she probably would. She took Star Wars over for uh, that brief questionable period of solo, and now she's coming to the MCU through Marvel's Secret Invasion series. And I put this on Twitter, and I'm going to say it here. I will not feel vindicated about Game of Thrones ending until I know Amelia Clark gets to play a scroll queen with a scroll <laughs> dragon whose lover tries to take her out, and she just brutally like <laughs> feeds him to the dragon, and is going to come and take over Earth. Like that's uh, that's that's the only thing I will accept. Wow. Um, no, but seriously, uh, I mean that's that is my guess though. I think we're going to find out. Like you know, there are other scrolls who aren't so benevolent towards Earth. And all of that, uh, besides, you know, and opposed to Talos, and she would be a great pick for a Scroll queen, just, you know, based on the character association with Game of Thrones and all of that. So um, that's my thing about it. What do you guys think, Janelle?
5: I'm... I'm thrilled to see her. I'm I love her. I think she's a brilliant actress. I'm curious where they're going to put her. Uh, I saw someone say uh, casted her as like Black Cat, and I'm like, no, she's. I've only ever seen her as like this dragon queen figure or like a very sweet like rom com type role and i just don't yeah you guys probably haven't seen the movies that i have but (laughs) i've seen
1: her i didn't cry at last christmas it was
5: good (laughs) it was good oh god it's so good but I'm I I think she's a great actress I think she's she really commits to the roles it seems like I feel like she does a lot of research and I feel like if you are going to be playing anything in comics like that's one of the coolest things you get to do is really dive into this character whatever she may be and understand it you have so much source material and I think she's just gonna like just excel I think she's gonna fly it's gonna be awesome
4: yeah i uh i i've so i've seen a couple of well one okay just on its own uh i like Amelia clark like i i I, I, she's awesome and i like her in a lot of things um not i i missed out on the whole game of thrones thing kobe will tell you i that was not my ship i never hopped on board i never like i just never did so i don't have like the natural affinity from that show that others do um Mm -hmm. But I've liked her in everything else <laughs> I've seen her in, um, and I've again I'm not blind. I've seen clips and things like that of her in that show. No, she's she's awesome, right? Uh, but I've seen a couple of casting ties. I actually like Kofi's pick for her casting the most. I, I actually think she would rock in that queen role of kind of leading this antagonist side of the scrolls. I, I actually think that's awesome. I've seen Abigail Brand. Uh, thrown in as a name. And while I don't doubt her, you know, acting ability or or anything like that, I don't just, those roles like just doesn't mesh for me. Like that part Mm -hmm. with her just doesn't, especially like, I don't love the way S.W.O.R.D. has been handled anyway in the MCU. I think it's just Diet S.H.I.E.L.D. So I don't necessarily want the same treatment of Abigail Brandt, because I adore that character. Um, and then the other one I've seen is, of course, one of my favorites, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Uh, I also don't, I think, honestly, Last Christmas is a perfect example of, like, the the thing she could bring to that role, um, just like her just innate likability. Um, but I don't necessarily see that as well, um, or see that either. Also, the fact that this show is not really... I love Secret Invasion in the comics, but this show so far is not going to be my Secret Invasion. It is going to be something oh, did
1: you else. Just hashtag not <laughs> Invasion? It's going to be my <laughs> Secret Invasion.
4: I did hashtag. It. It's danger. not my Secret Invasion. It's not. It's it's the Nick Fury show, and that's perfectly fine for us. For a whole set of people, uh, that is not what I give any. I'm trying not to discuss. I I don't care about that. I've never cared about that in the books. Uh, that's not what that made that storyline interesting, and they have been very clear. Like this is the Nick Fury and Talos show, and they want to explore the the whole intrigue of you know the espionage side, and that's fine. But that's not that's only part of what made the original story great to me. So the fact is, this show's not really going for that, and so I I hope to see her. Uh, In that Queen role, I think that would make it more interesting because you'd have an interesting contrast. But overall, I'm not really stoked for this show as much as I thought I'd be, and that bums me out. Uh, But I do like the casting. Diet Tribe, gone. (laughs) Diet
1: All right. There it is. There it is. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm still curious to see what Secret Invasion is going to shape up to be. There is this huge amount of fan expectation heaped on this because of the title of it, so... Until we actually know the actual spin and how they're gonna g- approach this, it, it's kind of hard for me to feel any kind of way about it. I'm happy that Sam Jackson's gonna be in it. Um, I love his Nick Fury, and I would love to. I'm kind of interested mainly just to see how he operates and handles all these kind of spinning plates that he keeps in the air all the time with his super spy way. So that's my main attraction. But uh, that's a good segue into. My worry for that series is the same as the worry for the current kind of espionage, less alien-inclined series we're looking at right now, which is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Episode six drops this Friday. Um, I was writing about this while writing about a teaser that came out for it. Teaser, it didn't really show anything. But um, <laughs> the six episodes, I think, has gotten a lot of fans feeling anxious right now. they feeling like this is ending too quick. And there's a lot to wrap up in just this last episode. Uh, yes, Olivia Coleman is in the comments. Somebody's asking, Alexis, uh, Alex Cosman is asking, is Olivia Coleman coming to Secret Invasion? And I believe, uh, yeah, we did that casting too, right? That Olivia mm-hmm. Coleman. yep. So she will also be in the show. So she's also eligible to be a Scroll Queen among Scroll Queens. So Matt, you might see Amelia Clark and some green hair. I don't know, we could be. You know. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. it would be fun to see her kind of in Nick Fury kind of trading barbs. Like, I feel like I'm being so negative it. and I don't mean to. No, you're just being you, buddy. It's okay.
5: I'm just being really positive so I'm making up <laughs> for both of you.
1: <laughs> I have kind of a bipolar thing going on so it's all, it all balances out. All right. But uh, back to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, there's a lot to wrap up in this last episode. I mean, I just made a list here. It's like we got to figure out about John Walker. We know in the new Captain America costume coming what the hell's going on with Julia louis Dreyfus's Valentina and whatever larger thing she's a part of? We still don't know who the power broker is. You know, we all want to know where Zemo's going to be at and if there's something more teed up for him. Are we going to get that Thunderbolts kind of tee up as well that we've all been kind of waiting for with this show? Or is it the new Mephesto or Thunderbolts' new Mephesto? There's Isaiah, Bradley, and his grandson, Eli, who keeps getting to say more and more and more as he becomes a young Avenger, hopefully soon. And like, what's next for this Captain America franchise? Like, is there a new movie, another series? Like, what are we going, like, what's going to, how is this new Captain America at the result of the end of the show going to fit into the MCU? And where the hell is Steve Rogers? Let's add that to the list. So we have to wrap all those like kind of things up to kind of make a lot of fans satisfied. Plus there's a whole big fight at the GRC, the uh, relocation program, um, thingy in new york where falcon winter soldier walker and the flag are in bat rock are all going to collide and you know we got to see that whole thing go down so guys do you think they can stick this landing because i'm beginning to get a little worried about you know these marvel disney plus series i made a joke at the end of episode five on twitter that like really it's feeling like these series so far are just uh re-origin stories for characters we already know as they get <laughs> wow they, right. as they make slight life adjustments and and get new costumes to reflect <laughs> It's like going through something bad and then changing your hairstyle at the end. Um, they, you know, go through something that they've <laughs> been the through. Because, yeah, through the MCU, they hit the hit gym. The and tan. then they come out. Yep, yep, come out.
5: Get your nails then, done.
1: Yep. Yes. Can't Genel- relate. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then uh, and then you got a sparkly new costume too and then you're like all right I'm back at it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um yeah for the Janelle playbook right there. So yes. I feel like that's what we're getting. I mean, are you are you thinking we're going to stick this landing or, or are you worried about kind of coming out of this with some feelings of disappointment? I, personally, uh
5: me, I'll take it first. I, I'm I hate, I, I hate being negative, but this is the show I have not gotten into. I haven't gotten into the show. Last episode is the first time that I was moved and excited and wanting to really like see more and, and really looking forward to the next episode, which is the last episode. So for me, it, it definitely feels rushed no matter what. Um, it's weird to introduce a new giant character in the second to last episode that so many people who don't read the comics have no idea who she is and like, what is her role? Who, like how it's just a lot to take in. Um, I feel weird lately because I feel like I'm straddling this line of like comic book reader and non comic book reader, because I, I kind of do have context now I am kind of understanding. I have been reading more and I'm, Every time something like that happens, in my mind, I'm like, if I hadn't read this comic, I would be very confused <laughs> right now. Um, and that just keeps happening in the show for me. Um, even even with John Walker, like it, it, if if you didn't really have any idea what's going on, you would just kind of, it would just it would leave you in a weird space. So I don't know. I think it's a lot. I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm also not getting my hopes up because. I am so fulfilled by I'm still so pumped about WandaVision and I felt like they did such a good job and they sold me on it and I love it so much. And I think it needs season two that um, it, it was just a hard act to follow for me personally, that this show has been hard for me to follow as I'm wearing like a Captain America hoodie. And, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's true. And I, yeah, what
1: you're wearing around is a winter soldier, like yesterday.
5: <laughs> yes. Yes. But that's, that's the other right. Thing. I forgot. Yeah. I love winter soldier personally, I love his backstory moments more than anything about this show. Like seeing Bucky struggle to make it out of the Winter Soldier um, command code and all those things like that. And seeing his past struggle and and, like fighting and and seeing him as Winter Soldier, like just being savage and ripping into people. Like that's That's my favorite part of the whole show. And those are all flashbacks. So, just like you said, Kofi, it's kind of like a backstory episode or any kind of backstory in this this show has been exciting for me. And that's what I like the most. So, yeah, I'm kind of nervous. I'm very nervous about where it's going. Um, I know they know what they're doing, but I wish they would have poured some of all, like some of this stuff into the beginning of the series so that it had more time to like marinate. I just feel like a lot at the end isn't what I was looking for. I was looking for a lot on every episode.
4: I think that's perfectly said as far as like, (laughs) I think, no, because I I really think, well, one, assuming that this is the Jedi level cameo that we were teased, did this deliver? (laughs) I I understand. I love Julie, uh, Louise Dreyfus don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong, but like Valentina, (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I don't, like her, I, I get the can't, like the person behind the character is important. And the character is also important, but like not, you know, I don't know. I, I still think like they got to stop teasing that stuff. They just got to stop it. Like it's never going to live up to the hype ever. Um. So I don't think that delivered, but I agree. I think it would have been better. That would have been an amazing thing to have in the first or even second episode to then be able to, slowly drip out details and who is this character that gives you a a much more compelling subplot through line uh to this series uh for those who aren't as interested in learning more about sam or bucky you know and and just their current struggles with trying to to deal with their position in life now and their position of life before that stuff interests me so like i haven't had the same Issues, but I do agree with Kofi that there is some of that retread here. It's not like you couldn't cut parts of this, and you know, this would be a a little standalone comic. Like, hey, here's some extra material that's great, but it's not necessarily necessary. Um, I I am in this. I'm in between you guys. I I think. I think. Well, I haven't heard what Kofi said, but I feel like just going off of our last discussion. um, I feel like I am. I don't think they will be able – I don't think this is going to be completely satisfying for me. Just going off the finale for WandaVision and seeing that we have so many plots to at, not even close, but at least address uh, before we move forward. I don't – that's a lot. It, it Maybe there should have been one more episode, this series, to really get some of those rounded up. Um, I feel like there's going to be a couple things where we go like, Oh, that's disappointing. Like we didn't really get that addressed or they left that completely off the table for the next movie. Um, To answer Kofi's other question, um, you know, I feel like this, all I want to see from this is just set up Sam's movie. That's it. That's all I care about. Like if, if we get from point A to point B, the ride will be worth it if Sam's like next step as Cap is solidified and launched i will be i will come away happy if that's how that's where we get
2: i hear that
1: word i mean hopefully that's where we're headed and uh in the comments uh g or 75 i hope i said that right yes uh valentina was supposed to get introduced in the black widow movie originally when it was coming out before falcon and winter soldier which leads and you can read our theories on uh, comicbook.com marvel about that uh I personally believe they're doing this whole Leviathan thing in a different form for the MCU, which is basically um, there was a master group of spies called Zodiac. They split up, and when they split up, they became S.H.I.E.L.D., Hydra, the Hand, this other group in the Soviet Union called Leviathan. And I think Leviathan is the kind of tie between you know what is going on in Black Widow and what is like really behind this new phase of the Black Widow program and all that stuff and why Florence Pugh's Black Widow will become kind of an active figure in the MCU and, and be tied to things like Hawkeye and, and kind of all this other stuff. So um, I think Valentina is part of that, and that's the organization she kind of represents. Uh, or it could be just her in the new phase of Hydra, because she also did that too and became the new head of Hydra, but it was all just a triple cross uh, in the comics, so I think all of these things are kind of spinning in the wheels right now, and we're going to see where they pop up. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, we're going to see what happens at the end of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Luckily, the fallout of that is phase zero's problem. So Friday, <laughs> you can listen to Brandon Davis and the crew on phase zero, uh, where they will be reacting right after the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale drops, and you can see uh, who they have on and to talk about that and take that whole thing apart. So don't miss that. All right, Matty, take us over for comics. Uh, our last discussion topics of today. We have some two new books in uh for Marvel DC. What do we got?
4: Uh so we're gonna start with uh The Way of X number one, uh, the newest uh series to branch off from the House Powers of Ten uh story, Reign of X. I mean, it's got so many dang names now. I don't know. <laughs> so whatever the current one is, uh, it's great. Um, so this series uh really deals with it's of course deals with Krakoa and things like that, but it really centers on Nightcrawler and his struggle. The character has always uh, kind of presented this really interesting dichotomy within the X books because he's such a faith-based character. And it's always at times clashed with, you know, so many of the pragmatically minded X-Men characters, especially, you know, people like Magneto and Xavier. Uh, And this book really tackles some of that and also factors in, you know, immortality. Uh, and how you approach that. And I thought that that part was actually the most interesting uh nugget in here because there are some there's some really interesting revelations for like the rest of the series and how Xavier's past. I mean, a big theme of this particular episode <laughs> tends to be the past and how it factors into your your future, and there's a lot of that in this, but like to me, the most interesting part of this is Nightcrawler's str- struggles and attempts to kind of rectify like how uh faith and a grand a grand macro level look of death and how you look upon life is affected when you've essentially defeated immortality as or sorry mortality as xavier and magneto constantly say here and how you approach it some really interesting stuff and it is kind of i mean this is like I read some stuff this week that was like super not weighty at all and then reading this was like oh man like <laughs> this is definitely one that uh has a lot of subtext and is you know kind of dives deep so this isn't you know a book I would just hand off to anybody but I feel like it's it's there's some really rewarding stuff in here so I mean I I really liked it it's it's a, a little bit of a dense read in parts but um especially again I don't know those those excerpts that like X-Men fans have have come to, I don't know, Love or Loathe are very much here. To me, they added, they were more additive here than in the past sometimes. There's a lot of charts and a lot of other stuff that maybe does isn't, but the 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 excerpts from the book of the mystery book uh that's being developed here, um Are worth it to me. Like, if you do read them, I feel like you will get more out of the story if you read them. In this case, it's not always the case in these X books, but here I thought it was. So, uh, I know Janelle has not been the biggest fan of the X Men books thus far. Now, granted, we have thrown you into like the super duper deep end of the pool (laughs) because I I know I think the first one you read was like the finale to uh, tennis, was it? uh, Swords? I think it was uh, the, the finale, and that's like. That we should not have
1: done
4: it, <laughs> but, uh, what did you feel about this? Uh, I can,
5: I can, I can now say that, uh, this is my favorite X-Men book I've read. <laughs> I loved the issues that they're presenting. I know that, um, it, just from knowing where X-Men stands and like what they kind of represent and what they're trying to kind of put a light on is, you know, people being kind of left out by society and, you know, the mutants being treated in terrible ways because they're different. And like all of, I just, I've always respected that and like gotten it, but I never felt compelled by it in the books that I had read. Like that was never, it felt like it wasn't the focus in the books that I read. So this one, I just felt moved by um, like the story of why they are in Krakoa and, you know, what happened, like any reference to Wanda and what she did to them is exciting for me because I read House of M. And so I I was like, oh my God, yeah, I know what they're talking about. (laughs) Very excited. And, you know, religion is something that is really crazy uh, and hard to deal with in TV shows, movies, tweets, uh, talking to your <laughs> friends and family if you don't believe the same thing. I mean, it is a very, very difficult topic uh, for so many. And I just, i so related to this. And I just have such a respect that they're willing to go there in a comic book, like with with these mutants. And, um, yeah, you said it correctly with, you know, bringing people back from the dead. It's like, where does their soul go? And, um, and I like that Nightcrawler has his roots in Catholicism, which is hilarious because I can relate to that. I think he said like a reference to Catholic and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm on my own spiritual journey and I believe different things. And I just, I, it was just really cool to like relate to a comic book in this way. You, heavy I
1: cannot believe I am hearing this. I, have I know. Listen to this, dumbfounded.
5: I loved. I After loved. you
1: it. tore into me just mere weeks ago about about too X-Men, many words, how you know, X Men was so <laughs> dead and wordy, and this is like the <laughs> densest, wordiest X Men book so ever. Wordy. And you are like, I love it.
5: I love it. I just Something I love matter, it, man. I I like to see. I like Suddenly to I see a comic book books. hit these
1: issues. Yeah. Suddenly I don't think it was about the comic books, Janelle. Suddenly no, it's, no, it's, thing. it's,
5: yeah, it's just the content. Like the content was really good. It was, it was something that I can relate to having not have that knowledge of, you know, X-Men that long.
1: Or just the host
5: talking about X-Men. Long. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it was just Kofi loving it. That's what it was
1: like. <laughs> can't, can't be. Uh, Kofi, what'd you think? Um, I mean, I thought this one was a, denser kind of I had to read it I I made the mistake of making it my last book to read this week and so I was kind of up against the wire so I had to read it very fast but it was very dense um but it did deal I mean it's literally kind of like a walking and this is not to say this offensively it's like a walking exposition uh line of everything we've been trying to wonder about ever since House of X pulled this resurrection card out I mean it's addressing basically it's a philosophical like uh you know lecture not in a bad way again but like as if you were in a philosophy class and they were like okay so we be deaf and you know this and uh but it does illustrate some of those points in very interesting ways there are scenes in the book in between the conversations that are very effective uh the kids you know in kind of having pixie almost in this weird kind of metaphor for virginity like not having died before and kind of making fun of her about that and when they take down that church of Or, you know, Orcus recruits and having somebody kill her just so she can do it for the first time, yeah. being like, "What's the big deal, Mister Nightcrawler?" Like the young kids are like, "What's a big deal? We don't care about death anymore." And Nightcrawler's just like, "What is happening?" Like, <laughs> you know, and his struggles with that, like that stuff's interesting because it is, and this has been the real meat and potatoes of this whole Dawn of X thing is the slice of i mean for hickman's credit for whenever i mean for as many times as it has gone wrong the slice of life stuff when it goes right is is very good and so you know these big comic booky ideas but actually putting them into practice like okay yeah the x men can't die now but what does that mean like what does that do to you and your culture and your whole idea of identity when you when you can die infinite number of times and go through this whole groundhog day type deal um, And yeah, it's interesting to see like the kids start freaking out and thinking like, yo, we can just kill ourselves for fun, you know, because death doesn't matter. And you know, everything in in the continuing debate about the crucible, and and how the, the whole gladiator thing and how mutants, like they only accept people after they die and come back and now we can embrace you and like all this stuff with your full range of powers for people who don't have powers anymore. are are like, you know, damaged mutants and things like that. So that stuff is interesting. I mean, there are a lot of heady concepts in this, but man, what a finish. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, what a finish. Cause we were all kind of wandering in. And I feel like this is pulling from some of the other X books because there has been this, and it's hard to, with all the stuff happening in all these books to kind of spot the kind of connective thread sometimes. But uh, there has been this kind of invader who's been coming to Krakoa, invading people psychically like doing all this stuff and this kind of just really at the end of all this headiness is a big major comic book reveal. Um, can we get in? Are we yeah, got yeah. spoilers? Spoilers, yeah, yeah. Spoilers, spoilers that like, yeah, professor X's son Legion is back uh, and he's seen what's happening on Krakow and he's messing with all of this. And professor X kind of senses him out there and sends Nightcrawler to investigate. And Legion basically looks like it disintegrates him. <laughs> like, you know, he <laughs> just like takes him out. Um, But we've been wondering where Legion fits into all of this, right? Because Legion, Professor X's son, David Holler, is, you know, he's famously done some pretty gnarly things. He is like one of the most powerful Omega level mutants. Uh, He he was kind of noticeably, conspicuously absent from House of X and all of that stuff. And I mean, this is the dude who caused Age of Apocalypse uh, for all those 90 kids when he went back in time and killed his father accidentally while trying to kill Magneto. And, and you know calls the whole age of apocalypse timeline so that legions comes, of, breaks my heart yeah and there's been a lot of other things that have happened i think wasn't there like a showdown between him and x-man and like nate gray and all that stuff like yeah, i said, i said he's yeah yeah just, i tapped out for all that stuff but that um, crazy. Yeah, but every time he shows up like you know it's a big worldly threat like it is yeah. a major threat uh and it's interesting to see like again what happens now that there is an Omega level mutant out there who could conceivably really threaten the world again and like doesn't play by any of these rules that Krakoa and, and his father have set up and maybe very much wants to break them. So Way of X is good. Um, I'm kind of like I'm, I'm kind of I didn't know anything about this book going into it. So like I'm kind of uncertain about like what the larger scope of this series is and like what it focuses on. Is it just kind of just religious questions the whole time? Like, what are we doing? I don't know. And I I also,
4: off the top of my head, cannot remember if this is a miniseries or an ongoing. And I, and I can't, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. So it kind of depends on that. Like, is there, is it a, you know, is there a story that this particular series wants to tell and they'll launch other things off of in a miniseries format, or is this a full on ongoing? And in that case, yeah, I have some of those same questions. So I think there are plenty of ways to explore that subject matter and, and spin off for at least more than just one arc. Um, once though we would get to like, you know, arc three or whatever, then you would have to put some other pieces on the board. Um, I will also say uh shout out to Dr. Nemesis who continues to be one of like the best X characters because he's just, whether you love him or hate him, He's always interesting, and there are some amazing exchanges between him and Nightcrawler. Growing um, his
5: shrooms on his head? Yeah, he's like yeah, growing the. You know, yeah, that's hilarious.
4: Yeah, explains so many. And like Kofi said, this reaches back all the way to House and Powers because, like, the stuff about Morra, the stuff about you, there's no seers here. Like all that stuff ties directly back to their decisions back then. Of like, we don't want anyone that can do that. With that, those throw variables into the mix, and we don't want variables. So, like, there's so many cool things. Uh, and, you know, who's – by the way, just a question. And we can even make this a poll. I would almost make that – I might put this on Twitter and make this a poll. Who is the worst father, Xavier or Reed Richards? Who's worse? Because <laughs> they're both terrible. They're both I terrible I mean, parents.
1: Xavier, because Reed Richards is at least around his kids, you know. He's around raising his kids. Xavier is he, done, like, is yeah. He, I mean, he's around. around. He's around, though. Like, Xavier's it, kids are, like <sighs> – like Xavier
4: like you know like red minds and like manipulated people and like his whole team his kids of being the X-Men plus you've seen the the results of his parenting skills otherwise but like Reed's also just like Reed is there in presence he would make a. I feel like he would make an, an argument for like the most around absent father <laughs> ever. <laughs> like he's always around, but somehow not really there. Anyway, that I, we might run a poll on that. So okay. So moving on to other things. Uh Let's move on to Justice League number sixty, which which also deals with some some interesting things. But again, we're coming off of Way of X, so like nothing to that degree. This is more a straight up superhero book. But but I actually really, Doug, this is the most, while we liked, I, I think the overall impressions of Justice League number 59 was like, we really liked it. We enjoyed aspects of it, but like, it wasn't, you know, the, the must read series going out of that. It didn't kind of completely win everybody over. Um, here, I thought some of the interesting ideas we got introduced there actually had a, like, Bendis got to play in the toy box he made. And so, like, we set up all the stuff in the first issue so we could get to here. And this is the most Bendis y uh, DC book in a minute. Um, You know, I've I've read a lot of Superman run and stuff, and like, there's some moments, but like, this is the most the Bendis stuff I loved from like Marvel. This is the most. Uh, in a in a DC issue, we've we've got to this point. Uh, some of the banter between the team members, like Aquaman <laughs> referring to like Batman always talking in the voice, uh, like uh, the black uh, the Black Adam debate with Superman, Green Arrow, because like uh, I can't remember who says it, but they're like you essentially lost an argument with Superman by Superman complimenting you. Like those fun little camaraderie things amongst the leave, I I really liked. Uh, we also got uh, movement, and I feel like the decision to make Black Adam to bring in Black Adam and Naomi and we see a little bit of Apolita in this book as well. but so far those two mainly the decision to bring them into the team is paying off dividends in this issue because they are the most they have made this league the most interesting. it has been in a minute uh for for a while actually. Uh, they just bring a welcome dynamic to everything and there's a, a little bit of chaos in this group. but I feel like it's good chaos. Uh, in this respect, and we see we actually get to like go over to Naomi's world and we start that whole process. So if you're not a Naomi fan, I feel I don't know how much like mileage of this. Is. You might not love this issue as much. I am uh, and I've never been a big Black Adam guy, but I love seeing him in the mix with all these other DC heroes and the personalities clash. So to me, this issue, like I loved. Um But what did you guys think?
1: I think. Uh, what they've done in Bendis is doing in justice league, what I think only Bendis could do in a certain kind of way, which is pulling kind of keeping the core intact while pulling character switches that are add interest, like just specifically Hippolyta and black Adam taking the place of a wonder woman and a Shazam, for instance, and doing those character swaps. Like you said, it adds all kinds of new dimensions of tension and, and interest to the series because now you have a guy, you know, while Batman can kind of go up against Superman, you know, ethically and philosophically and morally, uh, Black Adam can actually go up against Superman, you know, when they have a disagreement. Uh, Hippolyta and Black Adam just, you know, have this tension that could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if they're making out on a few issues or whatever. But um, like, yeah, and just kind of moving the pieces of the Justice League around that they're familiar but feel fresh and new is a hard thing to do. And he's sticking to some tried and true comic book story tropes, which is, you know, dimension destroyed by super people and all the twists <laughs> we could get about who those super people are. Um, and now just a world that basically whittles it down to, like Naomi says, it's just like, uh, you know, this is, these are just the survivors, which means they're the most brutal, fearsome, you know, superpowered people out there. And there's like a, a planet of all of them who are left. And this, we've seen this kind of Justice League, story before uh they're usually pretty exciting with uh i'm trying to think of like you man and all them the justice syndicate or what are they called oh the crime syndicate yeah 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 and that whole thing and like yeah so this has a feeling to be kind of fresh in that way it it worked for venom beyond not too long ago this same kind of thing yeah and so i i feel like this is going to be exciting and and comic booky in the best way and i thought this issue at least lay down more interesting groundwork than, than the previous issue. I agree. Janelle.
2: Yeah.
5: Pretty much same thoughts. Kofi said it perfectly. I just really excited to see where it goes. Uh, No complaints. Just uh, I, I know what's going on. That's always the most important (laughs) thing. I know what's happening. I can understand the story. I know where they're going to go from here and I'm just excited to see it. I'm not really too critical about this one. It just, it felt good reading. I liked it.
4: Awesome. Uh, And then real quick, uh, before we got to run here, uh, we will give a a quick shout out to Women of Marvel, number one, uh, a collection of short stories, in some cases like one page. Uh, There's just a lot of different stories. A lot of them, this is more, um, a lot of them are lighthearted in nature. So if you are looking for something, um, you know, not way of X, (laughs) this is actually a perfect uh, book for you. Uh, Of course, it spotlights women creators. Um, And there's a lot here. I I didn't love this collection as much as I was kind of hoping to, uh, but I will say definitely read uh, the Marrow and Feral storyline that's in there, which is Give a Cat a Bone. Uh, I, I actually really dug that Kofi knows like I'm a big fan of these like D list <laughs> X-Men
1: characters. is one of them. Yo, uh, that and- was a new wave of that was part of the new wave. It was uh Celia Reyes, uh Maggot. Oh man, and- yes, and no, one They were introduced day. in the mid-90s as like three big new X-Men characters. And everybody was like, what is happening with X-Men? in <laughs> and mini for life, man. Um, oh, this, man. So,
4: yeah, so I I I thought this was fun just because it fits it fit the personality of Meryl well. So I just thought it was a fun, again no, nothing. There's no necessary reading. I feel like in this issue, uh, but I thought that was fun. Did you guys uh, have uh, any of the stories you wanted to highlight most? I just
5: I, I just liked it in general. I liked it a lot because I, you know, we talked about earlier. You know, when you go through breakup, you get your hair done, you get your nails done. Like, there's so many references to kind of girl culture. Like, I just I just dug it. I was like, I related to so many different things. Like, Hella is struggling sleeping so she gets her dog instead of a weighted blanket to lay on top of her and that's the story but it's like i literally slept with a weighted blanket last night and like i relate to it or like (laughs) you know we get our nails done in one of the comics and they're like just she's like turn them into weapons and they're just blinged out like scary nails at the nail salon and I just I just related to a lot of these little girl stories and I love the Gamora story that was probably my favorite one. Oh,
1: that was good too. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was good. what do you think? I didn't get a chance to get into this one. Um yeah, I got through like I said I got through the uh, other two books cuz I was busy so but um yes, yeah. Yeah, that no. was a lot this week. Uh, other quick yeah, shout wait, outs. Wait, uh, you said a marrow and feral story and that had me as soon as you said it. There you and go. It from, yeah. See? Oh, ah
5: yeah.
4: yay. Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: like, my eyebrows went up, like, oh, now <laughs> you have my interest. It was, yeah. it was
5: fun.
4: Um, yeah, uh other quick shout-outs uh would be the Captain Marvel kicked off its kind of official Doctor Strange Captain Marvel team up crossover thing that's kind of currently happening. If you are a fan of either of those two characters, uh, I know Janelle is a huge Doctor Strange fan. Uh, I will say I really love this. Uh, It's a pairing I would not have necessarily predicted, uh, but they do some really fun and interesting things with it. Uh, And if you've been keeping up with the Captain Marvel series, uh, they're also kind of playing with all the future timeline stuff that they've introduced. So there's a lot of interesting stuff there. So that would be one I'd highlight, but uh, that's comics.
1: All right. Thank you, Matt. Uh, quick shout outs. Uh, I wanted to shout out just a couple of random things that I just thought I'd, I'd highlight this week. Um, I'm watching Versus. If you guys aren't watching Versus Battle if you, hip hop or R&B <laughs> fans, Versus have become like the new concert since the pandemic started. Uh, they get famous hip hop or R&B artists together, and they it, they say it's a competition for them to kind of do tracks from their library that, that are hits and stuff like that and see who wins. But it just turns into an awesome music celebration. So Red Man and Meth Man did one yesterday. It was great. Uh, those are fun. They're really great events. I invite you to watch. Um, Helen McCroy passed away, actress James Bond and Harry Potter. But uh, uh, she's probably most known right now for Peaky Blinders. And I, in my discussions about her death, I realized... There's still a lot of people who have not seen Peaky Blinders or don't even know what it's about, even though it's been hanging around Netflix forever. But uh, if you haven't, checked that out. Peaky Blinders is about an early 20th century uh, gang of gypsies in the UK. It's led by Killian Murphy, um, who plays the leader of the gang, Tommy Shelby. It's the Shelby family. And they're called Peaky Blinders because they wear their like little caps and they keep razor blades in them that they use to cut people's faces. And it's a, basically a crime story. It's Sopranos. Thomas Shelby is a very troubled crime lord. Um, who does things in kind of tw- early, early 20th century Britain uh, in leading this gang. And The Current Seed last season was all about them hitting the Great Depression and how it made the gang scramble again. And Helen McCroy played the matriarch of the gang named uh, Polly, and she was, I mean, just – like phenomenal, one of the best TV gangsters uh, of all time, and she and Peaky Blinders is really good. So it's on Netflix. Check that out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Danny the plug, the pug. Uh, yeah. It also has Tom Hardy as a as a Orthodox Jewish rabbi crime lord, and you can't understand a lot of what he says, but it's it's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, it, yeah, Peaky Blinders is a great show. So, other thing I'm gonna shout out is uh, I rewatched Creditors predators the uh, robert rodriguez reboot of the franchise <laughs> in the 2010s and i was doing this you know this job back then but i'm having this weird experience of going back now and watching a lot of the stuff from the 2010s like now a decade later and just being like man twitter what a waste of time film twitter really is because like you know <laughs> no no but like seriously this is a diatribe at the end of the show like what a waste of freaking time film twitter really is And all of these kinds of things. I remember how much scrutiny this movie got when Adrian Brody was like. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Every little piece of this we took apart. And I played a part in that. I I did that. And it got like middling reviews because of this and that and the other. And it's like, now I go back and just see the test of time. And the internet has forgotten about this stuff. It's on Hulu. You can stream Predators. And I watch it again. I'm like, man. That was just like a good fun time and I would like to see more Predators type stuff. It's so much better than that Shane Black crap we just got. Like, and I would have loved to see this continue. But no, internet had to internet and we all had to <laughs> take part and just do that. And it's like film Twitter retrospect. We're gonna look back at like film Twitter and be like, man, we were really effing up. But uh yeah. <laughs> anyway, Predators is streaming on Hulu. Check it out if you wanted. Matt, you had something you want to uh, show up.
4: Yeah, for uh for my my fellow X-Men fans uh and tabletop fans marvel united x-men is like if you're an x-men fan and you've been looking for like a game this it's like every dream character so far has like popped up in this game like omega red is the newest stretch goal it's on kickstarter now uh we're going to have uh a full preview and a video of like how to play uh coming soon and you can check out all our coverage on comicbook.com of it but like at this point it's like dazzler emma frost uh, a but uh, so many Sunfire, so many characters are like in this game already, and I'm just praying that we're gonna get Maggot. It's gonna happen. We brought him up earlier. Matt's agenda. If you for for the love of Lord, I want this to happen so bad. So uh, I would love to see some of those '90s characters hit this game. But you can check out all our coverage on the site. That's me.
5: Oh and- yeah, I started watching Harley Quinn. It was uh, recommended so many times. The animated oh, series so on nice. HBO Max. Yes. Awesome. Totally forgot. I wanted to shout that out. This was because of the viewers. Everyone was saying, Janelle, you got to watch this, and I am just loving it. It's so good. So. Yeah, it's really good.
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, Omar, Omar, the night, I will definitely be watching that Snowfall finale tonight. Uh, one of the best shows on TV since The Wire. The comparisons get made all the time, but they don't need to be compared. Snowfall is its own thing and it's great. Finale of this season. This season has been just... I think this is the season that really is going to put it on the main, like more of a mainstream map. So, yeah, Snowfall finale is coming. I'll be checking that out as well. That'll be Oh yeah, I mean Peaky Blinders is is good. I missed man. that. I yeah, missed that trade. So oh yeah. good. Peaky Blinders is on Netflix. Snowfall is on Hulu FX. Like, you can stream these things. There are some great shows, crime drama shows out there if you guys want to really get into those. All right, that'll do it for this episode of uh, Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we are all on your favorite streaming platforms, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and, you know, all the rest. Uh, New episodes are up every Wednesday. And uh, if you love the show, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. If you're looking for us, if you're watching the live video, we go live every Wednesday at noon on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. But you can always watch back on any of those platforms if you miss the live stream. If you want to see us, any of us, or talk to us, we are at our various Twitter handles. You can see on the screen if you're watching. If you're listening, I am at Kofi Outlaw. I am Matt Aguilar, CB.
5: I am at Janelle Wheeler.
1: And thank you guys again for tuning in and riding with us. We will be back next week, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about Mortal Kombat, the Falcon Winter Soldier, and a whole lot of other stuff that's probably going to drop in between. So we will see you guys then. This is Comic Book Nation, and we're out. Peace.